and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me the show this week, he's done more miles behind the wheel of his van than Lewis Hamilton. If he was under a boiler or in Costa Coffee drinking lattes or on here talking Salford Red Devils, then he's lost and it's time to send out the flying monkeys. It's your friend and mine, it's Paul Whiteside. How you been, Paul? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, thank you, Rob. Yeah, I'm good. Nice introduction, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, busy at work and whatever. And uh, looking forward to the weekend, though. With there being no match for Salford, uh, it's a bit easier this week. You know, I've not had to write a preview or do loads of bits and pieces. So taking it a bit easier, getting one ready for the Wakefield game. I'm trying to stay one step ahead, if you like. But but yeah, looking forward to there's a couple of matches at weekend, and they're in the international games and whatever. I'll, I'll keep up to speed. But but no other than that, I'm I'm doing okay. Thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I've had my little girls had chicken pox, so we've had a, a right a few days, you know what I mean? When they all come out, you get a bit scratchy, don't they, and get a bit agitated. And mm. then I had a leak in my shower, which I didn't really know about, really, until I opened the door sort of one day. It was like Jumanji, you know, like a big water sort of wave came flying out of the bathroom at me. Mm. So luckily, plumber came in and fixed it for me, which is great. Uh, Rumour has it you've had a lucky break the, the, this this week. Is that is that true? Regarding... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to see a chiropractor in Salford on one that my wife goes to. I went to see him on uh, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday night? Uh, Wednesday night after work. And Yeah, I've been getting a bit of jip on the left-hand side of me. I've had problems with my back before. You remember my back from oh, yeah. a few years ago, don't you? I was at Wigan and it took us about an hour to walk back to the car. <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that was my lower back, but I've been getting a bit in my shoulder. So she, Ellen said, oh, just just try a chiropractor. And I never like going to the doctors or, or dentists or anybody like that. I just like to just struggle on but I thought well go on I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try and he, he laid me down the other night on this bloody bed and said I'm gonna twist your neck just relax and I've never heard anything like it I mean I I crack my fingers because I get stiff fingers and I'm always cracking my fingers you know giving it that but he got my neck and it absolutely crunched both sides oh. but it felt a lot better apparently I had a bit of a spasm up here and, and just, just wear and tear basically but feels a lot better so I'm, I'm doing okay I can move my head I still I still got to do my neck exercises because I can only move my head 45 degrees that way mm. apparently when it, when it was hurting the other week I was driving and as I was driving you only have to like look what's coming I had sort of Lean forward like that to see people thought well, like an old man, but no, I'm I'm in a bit. I'm doing all right now. I'm, not, I'm doing a bit, but I think it's just, just wear and tear and age. And I mean, mm. I remember my, my dad used to have his back done and stuff like that. When you when you're younger, you sort of think, God, that won't be me. That, but as you start to approach sort of thirties and approach forty, you, you start getting these little niggles in in life, don't you? You're not as young as you used to be. Like You're not wrong. <laughs> so basically, when when you when you turn in sort of left now to climb out the window to make sure no one's coming, is that basically it? Yeah, I look like I've got a neck brace on, like <laughs> good at all that. But no, I'm, I'm better now. I'm, I am doing better. I'm not I'm not like a barn owl yet that can turn its head right <laughs> round, but I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That's the dream. That's the dream. If 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 he can get you to turn your head all the way around, we'll we'll all go. Ninety degrees would do. If I could just do look to my shoulder, that'd do me. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see what's coming on in the show, Paul. We'll look back at all, all the games for all our teams this week. We'll have a look at all the big news coming out of the club. We've got Whitesides World of Rugby League. And then we'll preview the, the two games that we've got coming up this weekend. So we'll start with the, the Wigan defeat. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review.
Soul Soul for a defeated against Wigan at the AJ Bell. They lost 30 points to 12, Paul. Wigan, I thought, were the better side throughout. I thought it showed why they're a champion team. We struggled to, to make an impression to the last sort of 15 minutes. But it is Wigan and we're a bit injury ravaged. Yeah, I thought we'd made a bit of a fist of it in the first half, but you always felt Wigan had another gear to step up. Mm. And for me in that first half, they looked like they were sort of just toying with us a bit, really. And and the question I was sort of asking at half-time is if they do go up a gear, can we live with them? And I wasn't so sure whether we would. And obviously then they stepped on the gas and then the second half and coming down the edge with Marsh, they actually swapped wingers. I, I think they swapped Marshall over. Um, he was on the other side, wasn't he, in the first half? And and, and that, that for, was a good move by Matty Peake because everything came down that side. Then Bevin, French, Marshall... You know, we're outstanding, really. French got hat trick, and the the clean, the clean, crisp sort of ball movement from them. Every pass stuck, and it was really measured. It was like training ground stuff what they were playing, and we scored from a set of scrub. They were devastating. They really were. I mean, you can say Salford were a bit off the pace in that second half, but I think sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say they played really well. They took the chances. I don't think it was a lack of effort from Salford. I think you just got to say you're beaten by the better team. And Wigan, for me, looked the real deal. They did it in the cup final. They came back really well against a very solid Huddersfield team. They've come back and won two games since the final, away from home against us and Cass. So I think they've got their sights set on into the old Trafford Grand Final, haven't they? And putting a few wrongs right against St. Helens. They've been living in St. Helens' shadow for the last few years. And at the moment, now they're playing some good rugby and they look like they can match them. So, But as far as we're concerned, it was, yeah, first half of... of Again, we couldn't really get out of our own half. We didn't really have much attacking threats until around about the half an hour mark. And again, you'll you'll have the stats for me and I'm pretty sure the metres weren't as perhaps they should be again. We found it hard to make yards. And I thought Wigan's defence was good, though. I think we had a few chances, particularly in the second half. They defended really, really well. So, yeah, beaten by the better side, but just a bit concerned about our last tackle plays and, and, and things like that. So, uh, there's a lot to work on, I think. Yeah, it, is, it was, obviously, they, they tried and we we can't sort of fault the effort. And, and Wigan, you know, had a good side. They were 30 nil up, weren't they, before we, we actually got a, sort of a, a foothold in the game. But tries from Dion Cross and Callum Watkins at the end was, was good. You know what I mean? Showed that, you know, we, we go to the end. And that's the important uh, aspect, really, I think, Paul, going forward, that this team will sort of try uh, to the Yeah, they, they didn't give up. There's no doubt about that. They didn't give up and uh, scored two well-worked tries at the end. Uh, Briley's kick through, I think it was, for, for Cross. And then the kick through for uh, for Callum Watkins. You know, Callum scoring again. He scored at Ulcar. He scored at Ulcar, I think, the week before, didn't he? So, yeah, he's chipped in with a couple of tries this season. No, the, the players didn't give up. I think we just looked a bit iffy on attack at times, didn't we? And I thought the kicking game, we kicked to, to, to Wigan, really, and, and let him off the hook, I thought. We didn't really have him on the back foot at all, kicking game-wise. I think, you know, every time it was an easy kick for him to take and where they were coming back at charge at momentum, I would have liked us to to change things round a bit, you know. I think Mark Snead did change his kick once in the second half. He banged banged the ball with a bit more venom behind it. I think we got a scrum out of that. Oh, well, we got the ball back anyway. So sometimes you've just got to vary things, haven't you? And try different things. But but no, well beaten and uh, Wigan were very well drilled. I thought they were fantastic with the ball, moved it really really well. And some of their forwards, you know, were excellent really. You know, Parton, Turnley, and Bird. You know, they're, they're good shouts to be in that that England team. Only young players, but they you know they, they stood up and were counted. Sam Powell as well. I think it's a massive plus for Wigan when he's in their team he gives them that real good goal forward round the rook and he's quick as well and um, yeah we, we, we couldn't really deal with him in that, that second half they got a bit of a, a bit of a roll on yep 
We spoke to Paul Rowell, the Harvey Levet, Sam Luckley, and Alex Gerrard for the game, and this is what you have to say. Hi, Sam Luckley joins me. Mouthful of sandwiches. Huh. How are you doing, mate? Good to be back in the side. You know, you missed a few games. Good to be back today. Yeah, mate, absolutely loved it. Obviously, I had COVID and stuff, and I was out for a few weeks, um, and then had a game for the reserves. Got me, my lungs are on fire after the first five minutes, but uh, yeah, it was good. And then got the call up again to play, so I love uh, putting that Salford shirt on every week. Are you fixed up for next season yet, or are you still out of contract, or has anything been sorted yet? No, nothing's been sorted yet. I'm out of contract at the end of this year. Um, so yeah, I'd love to stay and everything. I'm chatting to Bleasy, sort something out, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Do you feel like that's extra pressure on yourself to perform well and, and maybe impress Paul Rowley? Yeah, I mean, even if I was signed up, that's you know the, the, that's a standard I set myself. So um, regardless if I'm in contract or out of contract, I'll still try my best for the uh, for the team. But um, yeah, I think pressure-wise, yeah, you want to do well. So yeah. How tough was it out there today, Wigan? Good side, just won the Challenge Cup. Yeah. They're showing no signs of stopping at the moment, are they? No, I mean, you'd, after, you'd expect after they won the Challenge Cup to uh, have uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks off, but they've come out firing, and I think the first half we matched them. Um, I thought our D was pretty good, um, but it just shows what a quality side they are in the end. You know, they are relentless, they never stop, and um, yeah, they keep the speed of the game high. You come back into the side at the right time, though. I know it's Magic Weekend's coming up soon. Mm. You're desperate to play in that That's game, it. aren't you? You're going to get a try soon as well. I keep I saying know. you're going to score a try, you need to get a try at Magic Weekend. Say me prayers. Hopefully, nothing will beat that first year. Sorry, last year when I played. So, fingers crossed, I get picked and uh, time it just right there. Let's hope you can keep fit. No more COVID. Don't be going breathing on people. It, and, uh, keep yourself fit and keep yourself in shape, mate. I'll just uh, lock myself away in my room. That's it. <laughs> That's the way to do. Thanks for coming speaking to us, Sam. Tough night tonight. Best luck next That's week. Right. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot, buddy. So I'm joined by uh, Harvey Levet. Defeat tonight. How do you feel? Yeah, disappointing. Uh, going from, from last week when we got a bit of a pumping, but uh, we were on tonight, first half. We were looking good, 6 0. But then, second half, we, we just didn't turn up, and I think our, our tackle let us down a bit. We need to execute a lot, but yeah, it didn't happen for us tonight. Yeah, second half, obviously, the wing came, scored four tries in something like 15 minutes. How does that feel like being a player on the other side of that? Yeah, it's tough, but uh, you've got to go again, haven't you? We try after try, and um, but we go again. I know we've got a bit of a week off now, and then uh, we go again uh, after that. Yeah, obviously, like you said, a week off. Was it a week of training, or we could just uh, reset and go again? Yeah, we we're in, we're in for a few days. We got, I think, about four days in, and then we'll get a bit of a rest, and then, uh, like you say, we go again the week after them. Brilliant. Thanks for talking, man. Hi, Alex Gerard joins me. A tough game that tonight, mate. What's your assessment of that? <laughs> tough one, to be fair, because all the boys worked really hard. I think when we were good, we were good, and when we were bad, we were really bad. I don't think there was any middle ground. You can't fault the lads' effort, but we've definitely got a few areas that we need to improve on for our next game. Tough going forward. You made a nice pass, though, sending uh, Tyler Dupree through there. I mean, you're not known for your standoff abilities, but that was a nice ball you got out there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Me and all the front rows try and work well together and try and, you know, give the little tips in. I'd say we've got a really good group of lads there, mate. All the middles and that, you know, we all work really hard together and we're still learning each other's traits and learning how each other plays, but... You know, I think you can tell little things like that, but you know, hopefully as a collective we can we can keep improving and we can start to um, get on the right side of these games. It looked like he was in that game, 6-0 at half-time. Wigan just seemed to step up a gear in that second half. Was it hard to stay with him there? The pace they seemed to have on that right edge, it was hard to deal with. Wigan are a great side and they're clinical, and I don't think we were clinical tonight. And 
think we we I think we can just come more clinical than us to be honest with you. They they fully deserve the win and you know like I say I don't think you can fault our lads' efforts. We're just off in key areas and uh, in big games like these it makes a big difference. You on a personal note you signed the new contract with Salford. You you're looking forward to staying you, you seem to have settled in really well this season. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the time here, you know. Rose is great, obviously I know Kurt Agate. Um like I say we've got a really good group of lads here. Everyone wants to work really hard for each other. We've got the foundation, you know, we just need to try and put it all together now. Was it an easy decision for you to, to stay with Salford? Did, did, did you want that? Did you want to stay here? Yeah, 100%. Didn't look anywhere else, to be honest with you. When they came to me, you know, I, was, I um, like I say, really enjoyed my time here, so it was, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. Well done. Unlucky tonight, Alex, but well, thanks very much for speaking to us. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Coach's corner. He said the attack was a bit clunky. Can you put your finger on why, do you think? Uh, it just happens. I think, obviously, credit to Wigan's defence, but regardless of defence, we, you know, we've met Wigan now. This is our third time, and uh, so we, we knew what to expect there. Um, I, no, I just, we, like I said, we tried to thread a needle instead of being a little bit more direct and just pulling the, the wrong options at time, but that happens in in sport, it happens in rugby. So you like to think you'd, you'd learn, but I don't think there are actually lessons we need to learn. I think it, I think it was just one of them days where attack didn't 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 happen for us in uh, in most cases tonight. Yeah, the first half you were in your solid in the game. That's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. It's an 80-minute game, though, isn't it? So like I say, we went toe to toe with the best team in the league, and and probably a reflection of, of where we're at and where they're at. If I'm being honest, so. So you know we'd we'd like to get to where they're at, and uh, and that's why we keep working out. Yeah, obviously week off next week, obviously opportunity to build, and you know a big second half of the season. Yeah, as always, there's there's not to us it's keeping people fit. So we'll see what what damage tonight's done to us. But I think we've got we're running with about 19 fit players at the minute. So non-due back, we just go back to work. That's what it is. And there's no you'll not hear any excuses or anything but from my group we've got a good group and we'll just keep working hard obviously like i say no players coming back no sign of players coming in kind of a tough situation you i think that's the way isn't it in salt in salford so it's what it is so obviously all the boys disappointed and, and they obviously kind of sort of knew where it all went wrong yeah, like we were saying when we had a chat after the game, I don't think there was a was a lack of effort in there from the players. And you, he's difficult sometimes, isn't it? Your supporters will, will whinge and moan about it, and you, with every right to. But it is hard trying to take positives out of something. But the players, you can't fault their effort, and you you've just got to try and get up to that level that, that Wigan are at. And it's difficult because they've got a, a really good side. They've got some big players in there, you know, world class players across the the pitch. I think the difference as well is pace. I think they had an awful lot of pace, particularly in the forwards as well. You know, you've got that Liam Farrell running out wide, and he's he's like a, having a centre there in the, in the second row. I think he played quite a bit in the three quarters in that second half, and he's he's such a skillful player. And then you've got the likes of Bevan French, Liam Marshall, you know, Field as well, Jai Field, top-notch players. These aren't they? And these are going to be featuring in that World Cup, and it's hard for us to sort of compete. I mean, we've still got quite a few players missing in the in the in the pack, haven't we? Some big men that are missing, and I think we're missing those guys at the moment. That 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 goal forward, you can tell by the um, by the meters made, we're struggling in the pack, aren't we? At times. Yeah. 
But obviously, you know, we can only go with what we've got, Paul, haven't we? Yeah. Obviously, right. Paul Rowley, he knows that there's no one coming in immediately and obviously there's no one coming back immediately. So he's got to go with what he's got. And it's difficult, obviously, you know, pressure will build the, the more sort of to lose, win and, and sort of the gap gets closer. But for me, I think we've got enough not to be looking backwards, looking forwards to that to possible playoffs for me. But it will be a couple of tough weeks until we do get either a couple of, couple of people back or we find a bit of an upturn in form and string a few wins together. Yeah, I, I won't worry too much. I mean, I know Wakefield won on, on Sunday, didn't they? They had a good win. And I don't think Wakefield will go down because I, I, when they got promoted in 1998 and they've never been down since because they always seem to find a way out of it. They win home games. They're very difficult to beat at Bellevue. I mean, we found that. We got we got beat there this season. And, you know, they turn Warrington over and they're a tough side to play against. So, And then I look at, at Toulouse and they've got four points. To, to, to overtake us now we've got 10 they've got to win three games without well four games without us winning another game and they've only won two all season so it'd be, I th- I'd say it'd be difficult for them but they've got a lot of home games coming up so you never say never so I won't put my mortgage on it but you, we, we've just got to keep we've not got to look at that we've just got to concentrate on ourselves there's no point in worrying about what other teams are doing because we've got plenty of home games coming up that, that we can win and winnable matches so and I, I don't like targeting games either I, I think you've got to go into every game and give it your best shot I mean you go back a few weeks ago we nearly wouldn't say Ellen's with a with a scratch team really so I don't think you can sort of put your eggs in one basket and say oh we'll, we'll pile everything onto this Wakefield game and then you you lose that game and the pressure builds even more you've just got to attack each game as as, as, it, as it comes along really so so yeah I mean a few people have said to me Paul Rowley always says the same thing every week in his, his press conferences and this that and the but it's a very difficult situation that he's in at the moment you know what what do you say do you come out and, and slag your players off I don't think you do that in public I think you've got to try and be positive and there's no use coming out shouting and bawling about the players in the Wigan game because the you know the the effort was there you've just lost by to, to a better side really I don't think you could question that so when you low on numbers you've just got to keep plodding on haven't you and keep going until, until, the, until the tide turns like you said and it did do a few weeks ago. We got the win against Cass. We got the win against Leeds. And, you know, keep working. And those results will come again. You've just got to keep working away until you get bodies back. And then uh, and then usually OK. Yeah, I, I don't think it's... I think when you start criticising players in public, uh, you, you've lost a, you've lost a change no, room at that point for me. Definitely. So I think it's... it's no, I think he's a bit of a wily old fox, isn't he? Paul Rowling. He knows that. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think, obviously... You know, the coaches that we've sort of experienced in the last sort of seven years at Salford, he's the most, what's the word, experienced and the most sort of, he knows out what the game is. He played, he's played this game before. And I think the coaches we've had before have, learned, have been with us learning the game. So I think he approaches it in a different way than all the other coaches before him have. Yeah, I think so. Paul Rowley's been, been around rugby league. Since he left school, hasn't he? He's never done anything else. He's, he's played rugby league. He's, he's coached rugby league. He's been around the top level. He's been around the leagues. He's a very experienced, you know, player and coach. Very experienced rugby league person. Knows the game inside out. And his dad was a good player as well, Alan Rowley. So rugby league's in his blood. It's in his family. So that's that's all you know. I think he did a bit of plumbing. I think when he he left school, didn't he? I think Phil Dunning had a chat with him about that one. Of supporters trust. I think he did a bit of pipe fitness or something like that. But didn't like it. Wasn't very good at it. And he's been in rugby league ever since. So so yeah. And and you're right. He is. He, 
in the press conference, it's difficult because you get asked the same questions every week, don't you? Especially yeah. by certain sections of the media or after a story. And, and sometimes they sniff a bit of blood, don't they? If you're, if you're an away journalist or whatever, and you, you think the pressure's on. And he, he's bound to defend his players, and, and he's every right to, because, you know, like you said, once you start attacking players, and you have lost it, really, then. You've got to keep positive, haven't you? It's a long season. As soon as you start with the negatives, it's only going to breed onto your players then, and that's how you sort of lose dressing rooms. So I think, from what I've heard and the players who speak to us, they're fully behind Paul Roller. They buy into what he says. They all say there's a great, it's a great group, it's a great atmosphere, and the players all seem happy. So, you know, I think the you know the, the team spirit and everything's there. It's just you've just got to keep working to get the results. Looking at the stats, Paul, Alex Gerrard, 26 tackles, <clears throat> Tyra Dupree, 28 tackles, Callum Watkins, 26 tackles, Andy Akers, 36 tackles, Harvey Levette, 25 tackles, and Elijah Taylor, 25 tackles. So forwards going through a lot of work there. Yeah, and I think special mention to Tyler Dupree. I was impressed with him at Hawkinson Rovers the week before. He got Simbin for absolutely nothing, which was a bit of a poor decision, I thought, and felt a bit sorry for him. But, you know, as a, as a youngster trying to make his way in the side, I thought against Wigan there in a big pack, I thought he really stood up and was counting in that game. You know, he was difficult to put down. He took the ball in really well, did his job, and, and, and worked really well with the tackle as well. And he, he made a brilliant break when Alex Gerrard put him through. Yeah, it was a lovely pass from Gerard that and unlucky that. So I think Tyler's come in and you know, he's he's nailed down a spot now in the team, hasn't he? And he's gonna be difficult to push out. So I'm very, very pleased for him. I think he's he's working hard and that that's it's always good to see that with a good young player. Yeah. I think it was eighteen nil when they made that break and then we're gonna know the other end and score, didn't he? And it shows that it's a twelve point swing that. Yeah, and, and like at six 0 at half time, they, they scored a try not long after the break as well, didn't they? From I think that was on the back of a Salford mistake, and you know sometimes you, you do get those swings in matches, don't they? It takes the momentum away. We were talking about I think I spoke to you about it, and a few other people asked me as well about it, the game of the week before when we played Alkingston Rovers away, and you know if if Cost uh, sorry if Cross and um, Co would have scored that try rather than overplaying it, we'd have been six 0 up there. Crowd gets behind you it could be a totally different game you, you you cough that chance up and then the game goes the other way and, and that can happen sometimes in rugby league I'm a big believer in that momentum swings and things like that you know if something had happened there would it have been a different result not always the case is it sometimes you get absolutely battered don't you but I think in that game against Wigan I think perhaps it could have been a bit close if we'd have, we'd have took a couple of chances but I think we Wigan always sort of had us at arm's length didn't they and they, they had that pace and you've only got to watch the highlights back and just look how clinical they were and the finishing abilities of the of the three quarter line that they've got it's absolutely outstanding you know Bevan French is I mean if you listen to Bevan French's interview after the game he said he's not playing that well and then they asked they asked Matty Pete about that and he said well he said there's a few things we can work on and I think that just shows you a class club and a club that have got world class players because they're always expecting more and more and more nothing's ever right is it for them so I thought it was quite frightening I thought I played pretty well Bevan French but if he can play better than that then uh and I hope we're not playing him again for a while. <laughs> Top meter makers, uh, Paul. Tyra Dupree, 114. Callum Watkins, 110. Brody Croft, 142. And Elijah Taylor, 97. So four in and around 100, which is not too bad. Yeah, Brody Croft, eh? he got some some meters there. You just mentioned him quite a few. And I thought he worked really hard in the game. Again, he had to do a lot of work and... 
probably not getting the rewards at the moment. Um, he put an awful lot of effort into that game and it, it was difficult. Wigan's defence was good. I thought they numbered up on Brody Croft. Every time he got the ball, he was there and, and, and punishing him. So so they knew what sort of a threat he was, particularly after his game against them in the in the league at Wigan. So Tyler as well, Tyler Dupree, I thought he, he did really well. He ran the ball in hard all night. And to me, that's all you want off a forward. You want your forwards to take that ball and just cut that ball in as hard as you can. If you can get a couple of forwards who just run like an express train, that's what you want your, your pack to do. You know, nothing fancy. I think with Tyler as well, he's got a nice offload. He's always looking to get the ball out, turning in the tackle, trying to offload it. And if you're, if you're a forward with that to your game as well, it just gives you another string to your ball because, yeah, you can run the ball and I'd make the metres, but if you're getting that offload, you're just putting the defence in, into a bit of doubt as well. So, And as I mentioned before, he's only a youngster, is Tyler, and, you know, forwards don't always sort of progress and, and mature until they're a bit older, and he's got that, that ability now, and he's definitely got something, and the, the coaching staff have seen that, and that's why we brought him in. So, so yeah, please for him. Yep. Uh, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Stuart Smart, poor and attack, Dupree. KDL, 80-minute performance. Uh, silent Assassin Croft was their man of the match. Colin Wilson, mixed performance. Dupree. Mark, very inconsistent. Show Watkins slash Dupree. And Stephen Doyle, clueless in attack. I think he's probably right there. Uh, Paul Rowley spoke about it in the press conference about how we struggled. But like you say, we're going to be a good side and we uh, we can just uh, chalk that one down for a, for a bad day. Yeah, we did have a lot of ball though. I think if you if you watch the game, Pat, we didn't have loads of possession in their in their sort of territory, and a lot of that is to do with you, you pack getting you down the other end of the pitch. Wigan are a good side; they play the percentages game, don't they? And they attack well. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, if I knew all the answers, I wouldn't be fixing boilers for a living. I'd be a rugby league coach, and it's difficult to come up with the answers sometimes. And you know. Wigan are a good side and you were beaten by the better side and yeah, it was disappointing. It was disappointing to lose and you know, I think some of the supporters were frustrated, weren't they, when we were 30 points to, to nil down but you no, know, that just shows you the, the quality of Wigan. Yeah, that, there's, there's, there's things in our game that need to be better. You, you can't just come on here and I have never come on here and say, oh yeah, Wigan were brilliant. That, that's it. I think there's always two sides to a story. Yeah, Wigan were good but there's things we can do better as well. We were poor in certain areas so and I'm sure Paul Roller will be saying that. He won't just be going into training saying, oh wow, Wigan were absolutely awesome you know we, we were great because we weren't he knows that and there's, there's things we definitely need to work on yeah so let's talk about the sovereign devils ladies they were victorious last week they beat stanley 22 points to 16 paul great result for chris bates ladies just the response we wanted we said that didn't we there'd be a response and uh, you know after a defeat and you know there's no team in the world that's ever well i don't think there is that's ever gone through forever and never lost the game is there so there might be someone might prove me wrong but um you know sometimes it's what you need and we said that you you don't need the defeat but it just it makes you focus a bit more i think that that's what's probably happened with the ladies great for them to get back on the arse in top of the table in the in the championship doing well in the cup as well and that's just the result they needed just the response that they needed as well so a great result yeah uh tries from alex simpson steph gray lucy mckeown casey naylor Demi Jones kicked two, four, five goals, I think. So yeah, lots of lots of attack, lots of great tries. Did you see the tries on on, on Twitter, Paul? I haven't seen the tries yet, Rob. No, sorry, I've not done my own work. I'm sorry, <laughs> apologise. I I watched. I've seen the tries on Twitter and the Steph Gray try. It was a wonder ball. I think it was from Louise Fellingham, fed. Um, Steph Gray to score London like a looping pass and Steph Gray just found the outside and scored 
Casey Naylor, the, 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 the try that sort of won them the game, was a bit like King Bunny Ayawa's try against Castleford the first game of the season, mm. where he was just hiding behind the rook and then just sort of like sprung into action and took three Castleford players with him. Casey was a bit, a little bit different. I think she saw the numbers and, and, and kind of sort of bulldozed over. No one was going to stop her from, from five metres out. Great try. And it's, it's sort of big moments in games where it was tight. And, and you know, to put that play on, it shows the character for me. I'm just imagining this pass now from Louise Felling. It sounds a bit like the Mark Flanagan pass in the million pound game, a Super Bowl. So I think I think with I think with Louise as well. I think you know she's one of the unsung heroes of the team, isn't she? That holds it together, one of the experienced ones, and you know that that's what that side's got. It's got some youth and experience, a nice blend in there, hasn't it? And uh, you know some people who can score the tries, people who can make the tries, and people who do all the hard work as well. And I think every team needs that. Um, so yeah, I'll be on. Uh, I'll be on there. I'll look at these tries afterwards. I like a good uh, a good try. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be I'll be looking at that. Yeah, our lady is still top of the table with eight points. Warrington Lunas are second with six points, and Alton are third with six points. Alton have two games in hands over us, mm. and Warrington have one. So that is very tight at the top, even though obviously we're we're playing some really good rugby. Um, it's it's going to be you know an early exciting you know few weeks and months for these ladies than with these two teams chasing them. Yeah, well, it's all right having games in hand sometimes, but you've got to win them. So I think sometimes it's a 50-50, isn't it? Would you rather have points in the bag or, or be chasing something? So, so yeah, you can only beat who's in front of you. And there's, there's plenty of games left, isn't there? We only lost one game. So I'm presuming we've got to play Alton and Warrington again, haven't we? Yeah. So that's going to be when when the test is. It's all right them having games in hand, but if you can beat them and turn them over when you play them, then, then it's job done. So uh, for, for the ladies, you've just got to keep going now and and, and let, the, let the other sides worry about them. You've just got to concentrate on your own game and, and get get the victories. Don't be worrying about what other teams have got to do. Mm. I think on the, the 1st of July, Warrington play Alton at home and then Alton play Warrington at home on the 20th, sorry, the 17th of July. So that's two sort of games back-to-back pretty quick. You know which might sort of go a long way to show what you know where the where the league standings will finish. Well, yeah, and if Salford ladies can win their games, their respective games on those days, that just puts you that bit more daylight in front, doesn't it? And let those other two battle it out, and hopefully they'll draw their two games, and then we'll be uh, we'll be miles in front. But uh, but no, I'm confident in, in what we've seen so far. And uh, you know, there's, there's a part of it that says, well, it's our first season, and it doesn't really matter if we if if we get overtaken. But I think you sort of put that apart that to one side now because I think there's an air of expectancy now. It's all right, it's first season, but I think once you're the top of the table and you get into cup finals, you want to win them, don't you? So you don't want to be just yeah, we're doing all right. It's our first season. You want to win it now, don't you? You've done that well, so uh, I'm sure the ladies have got that mentality as well. Yeah, we speak to, to Chris Bates, don't we? We see the ladies on, on Twitter and, and Instagram and, and that, that they are switched on. I don't I don't think they're here for half measures. The position they're in now, they're they're gonna go and win this thing. And like you said, first season and at the beginning we were thinking, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But from what we've seen, Paul, it's 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 all on. I know we've got the semi final against Jewsbury Moore in a couple of weeks' time, which might be a sort of a, a factor in the next few weeks. But if you can if you can beat Jujamo, which we did do a couple of weeks ago, Steph Gray scores two tries in the last five minutes to win it. We could do that again and secure a final place. I mean, how much of a fantastic season would that be? Oh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That, that, I don't think anyone expected this really, but 
like you said, the, the ladies aren't, I mean, we say it every week, they're not just there making the numbers up and doing it as a bit of a kickabout on a Saturday or a Sunday. I think once you start a sport like that, I think you can become obsessed with it and start living it. And once you start living the life and, and doing something that you enjoy, you just want to get better and better. It becomes a way of life. I can sort of relate to a bit of that with a bit of the sport I do, and it, it does it doesn't take over your life, but you do think about it and want to get better, and you'll do a bit of extra training. You'll start eating well. You'll start doing, you know, extra training and, and this, that, and the other, and, you know, not going out boozing every weekend. And that's what you've got to be if you want to be successful at sport. And, I mean, you can, you can either go along and make the numbers up or you can go and challenge. And, and for me, the proof's in the pudding there, isn't it? The results are there to prove it. These ladies are living their life and doing the business and and yeah I think once you get that far now they're not going to let this go now they're not going to let this go they're going to keep going now well that's the next step in it because obviously Super League is the next step and yep. you know in the very sort of top division of Super League you know there is sort of professional sort of, sort of players in that division and and you know we we obviously are professional yeah, so it's kind of like a you know a situation where if you want to sort of play in the Super League, then sacrifices will have to be made if you want to reach that level. And and I think these ladies have sort of totally know about that. They're switched on about what needs to be done uh, to to achieve that level. Because I watched while well, when we were playing Featherstone Lions, we were playing, weren't we, in the cup mm. a few weeks ago, and I watched. I didn't know it was Feverson Lions at the time. I thought it was Feverson Rovers at the time. And I watched Feverson Rovers v Huddersfield Giants in the league championship sort of grand final, which is the kind of place where so we'll get to eventually, hopefully. And I'll tell you that game, it was so fast, so much sort of like physical contact. And I was, and I forget, we'd only played like three or four, so maybe two or three games at that point. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? These are good. These are like very good. But then we obviously realised that you were playing Featherstone Lions, not Featherstone Rovers. But in the Super League, they will be playing Featherstone Rovers. So that's a that's a hurdle. They're going to have to jump 12, you know, 18 months down the line. That's what you've got to aim for. I think every team, you know, whether it be men's or ladies or, or whatever, you know, you think about that. And we talk about it all the time. I mean, I speak to people about, like, I've got friends who watch Rochdale, friends who watch Swinton, and they say, well, it's a massive leap from League One to the Championship, Championship to Super League. It is, but if you're a player playing in the Championship or playing in League One, your aim is to get to that Super League. I don't care what anybody says. If you play for Rochdale Hornets, you want to be in that Super League. And people might say, oh, Rochdale Hornets never get to the Super League. But that's what you've got to aim for. You know, the sky's the limit. You if you're a professional sports person, you want to be the best you can be, don't you? And challenge the best. Yeah, you might get absolutely minced. I mean, I think about my boxing. I, I'm at a pretty crap level, really. I'm just, you know, not even an amateur. But I'd love to fight Tyson for you know, give me the opportunity. Because you want to test yourself. I'll probably get absolutely battered. But you must. there's always that burning desire, I think, in a sports person, sports lady, sportsman, to, to challenge yourself against the best. And the solid ladies now, if they got the opportunity to get to Super League, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd bite people's arm off for it, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't know how it'd work logistically. Would people have to give their jobs up? Would you have to go full-time? I don't really know the ins and outs of things, but that's got to be the aim. If you're an 18-year-old now who's just who's playing for Solvid Ladies and you've got the opportunity to play Super League for them, you're going to work your socks off to get to that level, aren't you? If it means giving up your job and playing rugby league full-time, yeah, I'd do that tomorrow. I mean, it's like that lad who's just gone into Love Island I was reading about that last week and I thought, would I give up being a professional rugby league player to go in Love Island? No chance. I'd want to, I'd want to play professional rugby league and, and live and live the life of a rugby league player. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. I'll ask you that question, Rob. Would you would you give it up and, and go to Love Island? Well, if Love Island were paying me five hundred thousand, and I could I could go back and play rugby league after, then I might have twelve months, eighteen months off. Because think about it, you make a load of money, and that secures your future. So then, when you're sort of back end of twenty, early thirties, you're not scratching around looking for teams to take you on when you've got a you know a busted knee. Uh, you want your cake and ate me there, don't you? <laughs> I never said anything about about going back to rugby league. I said about <laughs> dropping out, but I don't know the way I look at it. I think I'd rather score a winning try in a Challenge Cup final or a Grand Final and them in Love Island. I don't know. No, no, that's a mentality of people these mm. days, I suppose, isn't it? That's why you're a world class amateur boxer and I'm a fat podcaster. <laughs> I don't know about world class, mate. I beg to oh, fat. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you're not fat at all, oh, though. Thanks. <laughs> so that's our look back at the ladies' game. And now we're going to talk about the reserves, Paul. And before we, we, we talk about their game against Leeds Rhinos, just need to make a correction. Ready? Yeah. Stuart Wilkinson is the head coach of Salford Devils Reserves, not Danny Barton. I do apologise to both. And we can only go off what we can go off, can't we, Paul? Yeah, I thought it was Danny Barton. I'm sure yeah. someone talked with Danny Barton. I know Danny Barton does an awful lot of work with the with the youngsters and the foundation sort of side of things at itself and has been involved with the young players for a number of years now, but no one ever told us anything different, did they, really? And For us, it, it's difficult finding things out when people don't tell you stuff. So, no, it's nice of us to know now. And I'd, I'd love, like you, I'd love to do a bit more reporting and speak to people with the reserves, but it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? You know, with the time constraints on stuff. But if we can speak to Stuart, yeah, it'd be, be great. But yeah, apologies. Yeah. So this week, the reserves played Leeds Rhinos away and were victorious. They won 28 points to 22, Paul. They came back from 16 points down after 30 minutes of the first half to secure the win. Fantastic performance for Stuart Wilkerson's men and, uh, you know, chuffed a bits for them because obviously they've had a few tough weeks, you know, against other teams and to record their first victory away at Leeds Rhinos is a big thing. Well, yeah, I mean, going to that game uh, away at Leeds after the, you know, a couple of defeats recently, that's that's quite a daunting task to go. Leeds are a, you know, giant of rugby league in this country, aren't they? And, you know, there's an awful lot of reputation that comes with that, particularly with their, their youth set up over the last sort of 25 years or so. Players that they brought through their system there, they're the champion club, aren't they? And, you know, the, the setup that they've got, the facilities, the stadium, you know, they're one of the biggest names in the in the sport in this country. So for us to go there and, and, to, and be 16-0 down as well mm. and, and turn that around, I think that's, that's a, a marvellous achievement. And, you know, there's some good stories of some of the players who've done really well in that game as well, I've heard about. So, so yeah, I think that's a big hats off, a big plus for for the side there, and a massive confidence boost as well going forward. And you know, these lads have got to be looking at that first team at Salford, haven't they? They've got to keep working hard. And you know, Paul Roller's going to be he'll be noticing this. Obviously, I don't know whether Paul went to the game, whether he clashed with our game, didn't it? So he wouldn't have done. But he'll be watching the replays of it, he'll be watching the video of it, and he'll be looking at players there. So you've got an opportunity to put yourself in that window, haven't you? If you play your socks up every week for the reserves. You know, I don't know what the situation is with, with going into the first team, but you can't do any harm if you play well. Yeah, I'll just quickly run through the side, Paul. Josh Rock at fullback, Nathan Taylor, Miles Dalton Harper in the centre, Owen Blackford, Joe Brady was on the other wing, Jack Stevens, Toby Hughes, Daniel Spencer Tonk, sorry, Johnny Openshaw, Connor Tyrrell, Henry Davis, 
Matty Unsworth and Jordan Brown. On the bench was Callum Green, Lewis Hall, Alex Davidson and Jacob Lee. I watched the game. I thought they were very, you know, you know, played fantastically well. Owen Blackford scored the first try for Salford. Jack Stevens kind of like gave him a crash ball and he used good feet and crashed over to score. And in the second half, uh, we were fantastic. Hooker, uh, Johnny Openshaw, was was outstanding for me. He scored a try, sort of dived over from, from dummy out to sort of close the scores. And then the try from Toby Hughes was a fully sort of 80 metre effort with Nathan Taylor involved and Toby Hughes kind of like went over from about 15 metres after sort of making a break. And they were tied up at that point, Paul. It was 16 apiece. And Salford were, were, you know, the better side. You know, the forwards were going forward. And it was it was really, really sort of impressive. And then Jack Stevens works a bit of magic, sends uh, Nathan over in, in the corner for the score. And, and obviously at that point, Salford are in front. We were, well, I was jumping around the living room because I couldn't believe it. Well, yeah, I mean, wins at Leeds don't often come along very often, do they, watching Salford? And, yeah, just, just listen to what you said there. I mean, I've heard a lot this season about about Openshaw, the hooker. I think he, he sounds an excellent prospect, really good player. And Jack Stevens, we know all about. You, you read about Jack and, and see the noises that he's making. People are impressed with him every time they see him play. We've seen, you know, glimpses of him in the, in the pre-season when he's played for the first team. And, you know, he's definitely one to watch. Definitely one for the future. You've just got to keep nurturing Jack because he, he looks a real star. Every time I've seen him, he's got a fantastic sort of pair of hands on him. He's, his distribution's really, really good. And he has that, you know, that little touch of class that, you know, many halfbacks have got. I think he's definitely one to watch. But there's some other good players in there. Alex Davidson, as you mentioned as well. No, he's no young kid. You know, he's been around a while now in, in around rugby league circles, but he's working hard as well. So it'd be great to see some of these these players, you know, stepping up into that first team if we can. I really do think it'd be great. That'd be like a massive achievement for the club, I think, to, to bring players through like a reserve grade and, and, and get them playing for the first team. It'd be a it'd be a massive plus, you know, considering we've not got an academy now and we weren't given, you know, the, the licensing and things like that. I think it'd be a massive plus for for the club for the hard work they've done. Yeah, it's all about. Yeah, they've got size, Paul. That's for sure. Daniel Spencer Tonks, Alex Davidson. You know, sort of go mm. forward, forwards for me. Jacob Lee. Keep banging on about this kid. You know, he, he's massive, but he's got a good set of hands as well. So I, I think he's going to be one to watch. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Like I said, Nathan Taylor went over to score. Leeds hit back with about ten minutes to go, uh, and then with about five minutes to go, uh, Openshaw worked his magic. Uh, and, and dived over by the post, queued, queuing unbelievable jumping around scenes from the from the Salford players on, on the field because they knew how important that that score was. Great win, and it'll give them an awful lot of confidence now moving forward. You know, been a bit of adversity this season for them. You know, they've had some 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 defeats and you know one or two big defeats as well. But to go to Leeds, that's a massive shot in the arm for them now, and you've got to build on that now, build some momentum, build some confidence on that. They can do it. We know they can do it now, and let's see them blossoming and, and getting better and better. Yeah, and learning disability rugby league players. They played at Lee on Monday night when Lee played Featherston. They played at half-time in a sort of exhibition match against Lee, uh, which was which is great for them. I've seen the highlights on, on YouTube and a great show of rugby and a great spectacle. Because I was last week, a week before, I went to watch them in the Lee Festival and, and it was a similar kind of thing, you know, both sides, you know, playing the rugby league the right way. 
Yeah, definitely. And, they, and they, they're getting around now, aren't they? And getting some experience. And well, not everybody can say they played at the League Sports Village. I think that's that's a, a real feather in your cap as well. And you sounded a good night there at Lee. I know the, the first team won. They beat Featherstone. That's a, it's a big plus for them. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure that was a great night. I saw some of the photographs from it. Looks like everyone's had a good time again. And they're really enjoying it this season. And I think it's brilliant. The more things we can have like that for them, the, you know, the, you know, the better. And every week, I think if they want to play every week, you know, get them playing every week because they've done some. They clocked up some miles this season as well, yeah. haven't they? Had a, had a trip to Hull as well and, and did really well there. So, yeah, they did done really well. Yeah, one of the stars, Sean Begley-Jones, has a podcast with his dad where they talk about sport and, and other things. And this week, uh, he's talking about how he played at the league game. It's, it's a great listen. Uh, it's called the Dads and Lads Pod. So, after you finish listening to us... Subscribe to them and, and have a listen. And he tell, tells us how much he's enjoying playing rugby and playing, you know, for Salford and what it means to him. And his dad talks about, you know, what it was like watching. And it was it really was a fantastic listen. Yeah, it sounds. I've not heard it myself yet, but I'll give that a listen. It does sound a good podcast. It's a heartwarming story, really, isn't it? You know, that that's what rugby league's all about. You know, we, we know that going with our dads to, to the match. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never been a great player of rugby league. I've always been a watcher more than a player. But if you can play the if you can play the sport, you know, and represent Salford as well, how, how good is that? You know, it really is amazing and great to see. Great to see them doing well. And great to see everybody with smiles on their faces as well. That's what it's all about. Talking about teams that, that are kind of like in our sort of universe, Paul, we've, we've got two. We've got the Copperheads who are in America. And we've got Ipswich Chess. We've got to sort of touch on, on both of these sides. The Copheads played their first league game over their season and won 88-4. Fantastic result for, for the Hog for the Copperheads. I saw the highlights on on the YouTube. And you know, some good players in in that side. Obviously, you know, Paul Rowley, Ian Blees, our scouting net will have a BDI what's going on there. But a very impressive win, 88-4. Oh, it certainly is. Yeah, to score eighty-eight points in, a, in an eighty-minute match is uh, is a real achievement. So, uh, no matter who you're playing against, only so many points you can score in a game, isn't there? So, yeah, great, great win for them there. And and yeah, I'm sure there'll be some real athletes who are playing for them. And you know, it's, it's probably a learning curve. I bet a lot of them have not played rugby league for a long time. You know, we're we're newish sport in that sort of neck of the woods, isn't it? But I'm sure the club are monitoring the situation. If we can get some some big players from over there. Yeah, that would be a massive plus for us. So it's great to have a partnership with them. Yeah. The other partnership we've got is with Ipswich Jets in Australia. They played Tweed Heads and lost 40 points to 30 at home. You know, plenty of tries in that game, Paul. They, they are struggling in the in the uh, Queensland Cup at the moment. Um, but hopefully they'll turn it around. Yeah, well, it's a difficult division, that Queensland Cup. There's some good sides in there. Mackay Cuts, I think, are in there, aren't they, as well? And one or two other Burley Bears, I think, they're in that league. So that's a difficult league to play in. Some tough teams, some some ex-sort of pros who play in the NRL in there as well. So, so yeah, difficult at the moment, but I'm sure they'll turn things round. And, you know, 40 34, defences had a bit of a day off, didn't they, by the sounds of it in that game? But, uh, but yeah, you, you just got to keep going and, and, and try and get better and try and improve. Yep. So that's a look back at all the games regarding our clubs and in the universe of Sulphur Red Devils. And now we'll look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. So we'll start, Paul, with the big Summer Six ticket. Exciting times for the club. You can purchase one ticket uh, for the Wakefield game, the Catalan game, the Settlers game, the Huddersfield game the Hull game and the Warrington game from £105 if you're an adult or from £5 if you're a child. Great value. 
uh, and I'm hoping, obviously, us fans, uh, you know, tell our friends, tell our families, uh, and you know, it'll help grow our support in the last uh, few games of the season. Yeah, I think it's brilliant value that you know, if you've not already got a season ticket, I think it's great value. And when you think about, it, I've seen a lot of people recently on Twitter who've sort of been going to the matches as new supporters. There's been one or two people, I don't always know who they are, but you just see people commenting and people, I don't always know how it works, Twitter, but you'll see them tagging something and just reading, oh, such a body's been there. I don't know them, but they've, they've been with a child from school or whatever. And then they've decided to start going or, or whatever. So you might get one or two adults doing that. And I think that's great if they've got a season ticket there. Like they've been to a match now and you think, oh, well, I'll go to the next six now for the rest of the season. I think it's a great idea that and a great initiative. And that's how to sort of swell the crowd. I mean, if you go back to last week, and I mean, the crowd against Wigan, there's almost 6,000 there. Mm. I mean, people might scoff at that. And I think some Wigan supporters were, were, were sort of laughing about it. But for us, I thought that was a really good crowd and a really positive step in the right direction. Someone said, oh, Wigan brought about 1,500. There's no way they brought 1,500. They might have brought about 800. But there, was, there wasn't there was 1,000 Wigan fans. There. So there's over 5,000 Solver supporters is, is a really good good move in the right direction and, and and that's what we want that's what it's all about this this season is, is building the crowds that's what we've been trying to do haven't we I think it's great and this this initiative could really work yeah hopefully they've got, obviously the club will have organised capturing data and things like that because they've, uh, they've had that before with the, the schools thing and you know I'm sure if they do get you know a swell of people coming in they'll be able to sort of record it all and then sort of the heart and with the offers to come back again sort of next season after they've watched the last six games well, yeah, I think that's what's been happening, hasn't it? I think they've been doing that with the schools. It's been great to see the schools coming. And how good was the atmosphere on, on Friday night against mm-hmm. Wigan? All right, we lost the game, but it was another great atmosphere. It's great to see for, you know, when you've got one stand closed like the East Stand, it doesn't always add to the atmosphere, does it? You've got one empty end there. But I think when you've got four ends, mm-hmm. sort of not, not jam-packed, but, you know, plenty of people in there, it just adds that atmosphere around the ground. And, you know, the, the the kids, when they've been, have loved it. You, the, the players have stayed around for hours on end. We know that because we're waiting for them for the interviews and they're out there signing autographs for kids, <laughs> yeah. aren't they, all night? I think it's great. I think it's brilliant what they've been doing and there's been a real buzz and I think the players have loved it as well. I hope, I think there's another one you're going to mention now, aren't you, against Catalan. I think there's another, I'll let you, I won't steal your thunder, I'll let you mention that and let's hope we get more kids and more schools coming to that as well. Yeah, like you said, the Catalan game is the next Frame of the Future event. Obviously, very successful in the last two. So, hopefully, uh, it'll follow on. We'll get more schools, bigger crowds. Happy days. Yeah, and just a mention to the armed forces as well. It, it was great to see all them there at the wing game. The the big gun outside and, and bits and pieces. I was having a good look around before I went in. I think that was another great initiative. And people enjoyed that as well, didn't they? Hats off to the club. I'm sure Paul King and everybody at the club have got more things lined up between now and the end of the season like I said the, these future games what they call frame for the future look to the yep. future or whatever they call I think I think these are great I think the more the, the easier if they could have one of these every home game I'm sure that's probably what the aim is but great to see school kids going and there's a lot of schools in the area and I think there's been a lot of schools coming from outside the area as well outside the, the bubble as you say so I think it's been great yeah the next home game Wakefield game is a real event Paul yeah. in the morning well, from 12.30 onwards, the LDRL uh, team, there's like a festival going on where Salford, Lee, Wigan and Wakefield will all kind of play off against each other. Then you've got the Salford match against Wakefield. And then after the match, you've got the Academy War of the Roses where Lancashire take on Yorkshire. So it's a real sort of full day of, of rugby league for everyone. 
That the way, yeah, the way you feel game, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I won't be able to hang about because my daughter's making a holy communion that day. So uh, we're going to church in the morning, and then I'm dashing to the match, and then we're going out for something to eat after the match. So, uh, so I won't be able to hang about that day. So blooming uh, Catholic church putting it on us all, all for game. I think that'd be a great day. That'd be a really great day, and great to see everything happening around the stadium. Like you said, a real festival of, of rugby league that day, and uh, let's hope it's going to be a big crowd because you think about the first team on the pitch, Wakefield. I've had a, had a couple of wins. They're level with us on points now, I think, aren't they? So uh, that's a massive game at the bottom of the table. And you've got everybody else in the War of the Roses game. Everybody loves that, don't they? Lancashire against Yorkshire. I'm a bit gutted. I can't watch, stay to watch that. But uh, but no, I'm, you know, a bit of good weather as well. I'm sure it'll be a cracking day, that. Let's hope God answers your prayers, Paul, and there's nice weather and a win for, for Sulphur Red Devils. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there will be. I'm a bit nervous about that one, but I think we'll be OK. Yeah. Other news... Reese Williams has been selected as captain for the Welsh team who play France this weekend. 31 appearances, 22 tries for Wales, Reese Williams. Obviously, you know, really good player. Doesn't really get sort of the opportunities of because obviously you've got Luke, uh, Luke, uh, Joe Burgess and Ken Seal in his position. Uh, but he is a, a class act when he gets his opportunity. Well, when he has played for Sol, but he's never let us down, has no. he? Um, you know, last season was really good. Season before was really good, and he scored an awful lot of tries for London Broncos when he was when he played for them. So he's had a good try record wherever he's been. So I'm not sort of surprised to see him to see him in that Welsh side. He's he's a, he's a top winger, and I think he probably slot into any any side of the Super League. Really, is a real useful player. But at the moment we've got Ken Seal and Joe Burgess there who are. Two top wingers, aren't they? Uh, and I think, you know, two international wingers and so is Reese Williams. So it's just a shame at the moment. Sometimes you get that in squads, don't you, where you've got sort of three, four players, but they don't all fit into the team and somebody has to miss out, don't they? So I'm sure, sure Reese will get his chance at Salford again before the end of the season. I'm not saying I hope Ken Seo or Joe Burgess get injured or anything, but things happen, don't they? And I'm sure he'll, he'll get another chance. But no, great to see him playing for Wales again. And like you said, his record for Wales is, is, is really good. Yeah, talk about the other international that going on, England v the All-Stars. Callum Watkins is in the England squad. Brodie Croft again, CEO in the All-Star squad. Tim Lafayne misses out due to suspension, but shows how far we've come, Paul. What's that? One, two, three, four, five players playing international rugby league. It's, it's quite an amazing thing for Salford Adams. And all well-deserved as well. It's just a shame with, with Lafayette. I'm, I'm not so sure what he got suspended for. I'm sure it was something in the Wigan game. I've not actually read into it and see what it was. But no, he's un- unlucky to, to miss out. Uh, Brody Croft, I think, deserves deserves his spot. He's been great for us this season. Got better as the season's gone on. Callum Watkins, we've mentioned it numerous occasions recently. He's, since he's come back from injury, and he's been a revelation in the pack. If he does play at the weekend, it'd be interesting to see where he does play. Uh, will he be back in his favoured centre position or will he will he play in the, in the pack for England? I'm not too sure. But no, like you said, it, it's positive stuff for the club and it just shows you that you know people are looking at the situation at Salford and looking at the players and they respect coach Paul Rowley, Kurt Agatha and, and, and Danny Orr and the work they're doing. So, so yeah, we're not getting left behind, which is good to see. Yeah, Morgan Astray for France as well, playing against Wales. So, yeah, we've got, you know, representation, Paul, and that's the important thing when you're trying to attract players to come to your club sort of next year or whatever, a few years down the line, that, you know, you can come to Salford and you can still play International Rugby League, which is always a kind of a thing in the past that I thought there's, or oh, I'm not going to Salford because I might not get my opportunity, but you get your opportunity now. 
Yeah, and let's hope so. I mean, I'm hoping that's going to happen in the World Cup as well. I, I, there's there's one or two players who've been picked for England who, who I sort of raise an eyebrow when I saw the squad thinking, God, I don't think they're playing that well this season for the for the club team, but yet they've been picked. So I hope that doesn't happen for the World Cup. I hope there's not all that reputation. I hope they do pick players on form and I'm sure they will do. I'm sure they will do when the season comes. At the moment now, it's difficult, isn't it, in the middle of a season. I don't know whether certain coaches aren't letting players go. There's been talk of that, hasn't there? One or two players won't name names, but I'm not sure how all that works. But yeah, let's hope that the World Cup players get picked on reputation and that means there's a chance for everybody. If you're playing well for your club side, you've got that opportunity because that's not always been the case, but hopefully this time it will be. Yep. Moving on, Paul, there's another business network event happening on the 13th of July at the AJ Bell Stadium, 9am to 11am. Opportunity for business network and hopefully strike deals and, and involve the club as well. Uh, it'd be great, obviously, a hub of community and a hub of business. That's the that's the aim. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And we, we say that all the time, don't we? Community does does an awful lot, doesn't it? The businesses and sponsors and things like that. And it's just good to, them, to see them, you know, in and around Salford, in and around the club, and you know we're going to get banded about. Our name will get banded about. We've got a presence there, haven't we? Which is good. People know about us, and I think that's a good thing in business. You can pre-order your special season ticket named T-shirts from up to the twentieth of June. Paul, kind of like it's red, half red, half black, with all the names of the season ticket holders who, who replied to the club. So that's great. Obviously, another bit of merch to for Packy to bleed to get our listeners to buy him. Yeah, well, they won't be needing any more woolly hats in this weather, will they? So uh, a T-shirt might be about right, but that that sounds good. It sounds good, and I must say, been very very impressed with the merchandise this season. You know, from the kit suppliers that we've got now, VX3, and the VX3. I've got an Armed Forces T-shirt. Well, I saw I saw a couple of them, and I thought I've been imagining it, but I saw some people wearing them on Friday night. They look really really smart. So VX3 have done a great job this season for us with it with the kits and everything. I think they look really really good. Yeah. Bit more news, Paul. Multi-sport camps being run again by the Salford Devils Foundation. They're only available for kids who are on free school meals. From the 25th of July to the 28th of July, 1st of August to the 4th of August, 8th of August, 11th of August, and the 15th of August, the 18th of August. Great opportunity for, obviously, you know, kids through them summer months to be active and, and have fun. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it that sounds good, that. I mean... You, you do need that, don't you, in the summer holidays sometimes you need to keep yourself active and the sure parents probably need a bit of help as well, don't they, with childcare and things like that. So if you can keep your kid active and out there doing something, uh, keeps them off the streets and, uh, and keeps them busy. Other news, Paul, there's another coaching education programme being run by Paul Rowlett and Kurt Haggerty on the 30th of June at the AJ Bell. It's 7.30 till 8.30 for coaches from, you know, under 13s to you know, open age coaches, let's say. So it's a great opportunity for the coaches of our in our area to pick the brains of, of the of, of the of the Sulphur Devils coaching staff. Yeah, sounds great. That sounds really good. That and you think about the knowledge that you know Paul Roller Kurt Agatha have got and, uh, and and again and as they go along, I mean Kurt's not, not very old really, is he? but he's quite experienced, you know, he's been around for a bit now, uh, coaching in, in, in Super League with Lee and 
working at Salford and working in the amateur game as well. So, uh, so yeah, you're going to pick up loads of knowledge. Uh, you've only got to listen to Paul Rowling. His, his press conferences, the, the stuff he comes out with, he knows the game inside out. So anything good there and, and, and soak up as a as a young as a young junior coach or amateur coach or whatever whatever sort of age group, I think is is great. That's all the big news coming out of the club this week, Paul. And now we'll look what's going on in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world. Right, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report, Life Outside Super League, Life in Super League, Rugby League Roundup, as we call it. So we'll start off with the Northwest Men's League. In the Division 1 at the weekend just gone, it was Askham 28, Berry Broncos 32, Folly Lane 10, Ulverston 17. Division 2, West Arton Lions beat Wigan Springview by 39 points to 20. In Division 4, South and East, Burtonwood Chargers 38, Waterhead Warriors A22, Langworthy the Reds 22, Burtonwood Bridge 32. The fixtures for this weekend coming up, these are all going to be played on Saturday the 18th of June. In Division 1, it's Ulverston at home to Bury Broncos, Folly Lane and St Hindley. Division 2, Carryhead Rhinos face Walney Central. Hindpool Tigers at home to Salford City Roosters. West Hart and Lions face Roos Pioneers. In Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to Wollstone Rovers A. And there's one fixture involving our local sides. In Division 4, South and East, it's Langworthy Reds against Oldham St Anne's A. Well, moving on now and turning our attention to the National Conference Leagues. Rochdale Mayfield had a great win at weekend. They beat Lee Minor Rangers by 38 points to 24. That was in the Premier Division. In Division 2... Sorry, Division 3, sorry. It was... Sorry, Division 1. Go back to Division 1. Hull Dockers beat Saddleworth Rangers by 40 points to 12. In Division 3, Batley Boys 6, Oldham St. Anne's 14. Great win there for Oldham St. Anne's. And Waterhead Warriors, they had an absolute hammering. They beat Drillington by 88 points to 6. So, that leaves the league table. Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield, they're mid-table now. They've won six games from their 13 matches, respectively. In Division 3, East Leeds to top with 12 wins from 13. Waterhead Warriors are second on 18 points with nine wins. And Oldham St. And a third with eight wins from their 13 games on 16 points. The fixtures for this week coming up Saturday the 18th of June in the Premier Division. It's Thornhill Trojans against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Stanningley. And in Division 3, Waterhead Warriors away at Hensingham and Oldham St. Anne's at home to the Shaw Cross Sharks. Right now, time for the North West Youth League. There's not a lot to go out in these leagues, but I'll give you the fixtures and results we have got. From the weekend, just gone on Sunday, in Division 1 of the under-18s, Crossfields 32, Saddleworth Rangers 12. In the under-16s, it was Division 2, it was Saddleworth 68, Thato Heath Crusaders 6. Division 3 of the under-16s, Pilkington Rex 10, Salford City Roosters 28. So, good win there for the Roosters. The fixture this weekend, Sunday the 19th of June, in the under-18s, Northwest Youth Cup, Hindley are at home to Waterhead Warriors. In the Northwest Youth Plate, under-18s, it's Blackbrook Royals against Salford City Roosters. Portico Vine are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. In the under-16s, Lancashire Cup, Lee Minor Rangers are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. In the Northwest... My teeth in North Northwest Youth Cup under 16. It's Halton Farm with Hornets Greens versus Folly Lane. South Trafford Raiders against Hindpool. Waterhead Warriors are at home to Wigan St. Jude's. Wigan St. Cuthbert's are at home to Wigan St. Patrick's. In the Northwest Plate, it's Hindley against Rochdale Mayfield. 
Well, turning our attention to women's rugby league now, Rob will be telling you all about the Salford ladies' great victory in the in the main podcast. I'll give you the rest of the stuff that's uh, that's round and about. There was an international between Wales and England on Sunday at Pandy Park. Wales six, England thirty-two. In the women's Super League Group Two at the weekend, Bradford Bulls fifty-two, Casford Tigers nil, Featherstone fifty-four, Wakefield Trinity ten, Lee Minor Rangers eight, Barrow Raiders fourteen. In the forthcoming fixtures in the Betfred Super League Group One, it's St. Anne's against Leeds. That one's on Sky this Thursday at half past five. On Sunday the 26th of June. Sorry, it's on Sky on the 23rd of June. That's a week on Thursday. I'm sorry about that. Sunday the 26th of June. It's Wigan against York City Knights. And also on Sunday the 26th of June. Barrow Raiders ladies plays Casford Tigers. Bradford against Barrow ladies. They're playing twice there, Barrow ladies, by the, by the sounds of that. I'm not too sure. We'll have to confirm that. Warrington against Lee Minor Rangers. And in the Betfred Super League South, it's Bedford Tigers against Oxford Cavaliers and Golden Ferns against the Cardiff Demons. There was also another international at the weekend just gone. This one was played in Italy, and it was Italy 6, Ireland 30. I think what we'll do now is we'll travel the other side of the world and have a look at what's been going on in Australia. Last week, Wednesday, it was the State of Origin, the first State of Origin this season, Game 1. New South Wales 10, Queensland 16, 80,512 supporters were there to watch that at the ACOR Stadium on Wednesday. Fantastic, fantastic match it really was uh, between two sides who went hammer and tongue with each other. 6-4 to the Maroons at half-time. They eventually won it by 16 points to 10. So, great game there. Can't wait for uh, for game two coming up in a few weeks. Well, moving on to the NRL, it was West Tigers 4, Manly Seagulls 30. These are all round 14 matches. North Queensland Cowboys 31, St. George Illawarra 12, Gold Coast Titans 16, South Sydney Rabbitohs 30, Sydney Roosters 18, Melbourne Storm 26, Brisbane Broncos continue their good form. They beat the Canberra Raiders by 24 points to 16, Newcastle Knights 6, Penrith Panthers 42, and New Zealand Warriors 16, Cronulla Sharks 38. The fixtures for this week, there was a Monday fixture between Canterbury and Parramatta, but by the time you've, uh, you've heard this, so that probably game's probably been played. Thursday this week, it's St. George Illawarra against South Sydney Rabbitohs. Manly Seagulls and North Queensland Cowboys and Melbourne Storm and Brisbane Broncos are the Friday matches. On Saturday, it's Cronulla Sharks against Gold Coast Titans. New Zealand Warriors against Penrith Panthers. And Parramatta Eels against Sydney Roosters. Two games on Sunday, that's Canberra Raiders against Newcastle Knights and Canterbury Bulldogs against the West Tigers. So at the moment, Penrith Panthers stay top. They've won 13 from 14. Melbourne a second with 10 wins from 13. Four points behind the Panthers. And it's North Queensland. Cowboys, Brisbane Broncos, Cronulla Sharks, Paramount Reels, South Sydney Rabbitohs and Sydney Roosters. At the moment, Canterbury Bulldogs are rooted to the bottom of the table with just two wins from their 13 matches so far. Right, well, we'll finish off this week heading uh, closer to home, back at the uh, domestic scene that's been going on. Super League round 15, Catalan Dragons 36, Hull FC 8. That was a Saturday game. Huddersfield Giants beat Leeds Rhinos 30 points to 16 on Friday night. Salford Red Devils 12, Wigan 30 was also a Friday night game. On Sunday, St. Helens 26, Hulkingston Rovers 18. Toulouse Olympic 14, Castleford Tigers 20. Wakefield Trinity 30, Warrington Wolves 24. In the Betfred Championship round 15, Batley Bulldogs had a great win. Again, they beat Newcastle Thunder by 58 points to 18. Dewsbury Rams 18, London Broncos 26. Sheffield Eagles 10, Bradford Bulls 30 Whitehaven 12, Halifax Panthers 24, another try for Daniel Murray he's been scoring plenty of tries recently for Halifax Panthers, Witness Vikings 14, York City Knights 16 Workington Town 0, Barrow Raiders 58, the round 14 game last Monday was Featherstone Rovers 58 Bradford Bulls 12, in Betfred League 1, Cornwall 12, Keithley Cougars 56, Hunslet 30 West Wales Raiders 22 Oldham 66, Midlands Hurricanes 0 Swinton Lions 34, Rochdale Hornets 
Knights 14 and West Wales Raiders 16, London Scholars 38. So the fixtures for this week, there was a Monday game between Lee and Featherstone, you'll probably know that score by now. There's no uh, domestic fixtures with it being the international games. The internationals, there's some on Saturday, there's some on Sunday. England women play France women at quarter past three on Saturday at Halliwell Jones, followed by England against the Combined Nations All-Stars, that's at quarter to six. On Sunday the 19th of June, France play Wales at uh, 2.30, that's at Albi. Uh, Wales women face Italy women at Pandy Park, Cross Keys at one o'clock, and the England wheelchair play France wheelchair at the Manchester Basketball Centre at half past three on Sunday. Sounds fantastic stuff this week, so no domestic games, I would say, but some uh, some great international fixtures there. So, Super League, St. Helens the top with 26 points. Catalan Dragons following second place on 22 points. Wigan are third with 22 points. Then it's Huddersfield Giants with 21. Hull FC 16 and Casford make up the top six on 14. Followed by Hull Care, have got 14. Lee Dryers got 11 points. Then it's Warrington with 10. Salford with 10. Wakefield with 10. And Toulouse Olympic with 4. In the Betfred Championship, I'll just give you the playoffs. Featherstone Rovers are top with 27 points. Lee Centurions 26. York City Knights 24. Batley Bulldogs 21. Halifax Panthers 20. And Barrow Raiders doing really well this season. They've got 19 points. In the Betfred League 1, big shout out to Keithley Cougars. They've played 10, won 10. They're top. Four points clear of Swinton Lions and North Wales Crusaders. Followed by Rochdale Hornets, Doncaster and Hunslet. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care. I shall see you a week on Sunday for Salford against Wakefield. So that was Whiteside's World Rugby League. And now we'll have a look at all the games happening this weekend for Salford Devils. It's so we'll start with a PDRL team there in Alton Festival Paul on Sunday. They've got six Welsh internationals lining up for Silver Red Devils. They play Warrington, Wigan and Wakefield. So for me, you know, we, we've got to have a, a good chance of, of, of performing in this. Sounds tough, doesn't it? Warrington, Wigan and Wakefield, though. They're not going to be any mugs, are they? Yeah, I think we've got a good chance there. Got a good chance. Weather's going to be good. It's going to be a nice warm weekend, I think, by the looks of it. There'll be plenty of water down. I've got a good chance there. of uh, some good results. Yeah. Connor Rice, Ben Lewis, Tyram Hughes, Morgan Jones, Rob Carpenter and Matt Rowley uh, are the, the six Welsh internationals who were putting on that Salford shirt. So good luck to the lads in, in Alton. And you know, hopefully you'll you'll have a good time and, and and pull off some some good wins and some good rugby. Also playing this weekend are our ladies. They're away at Hull on Sunday, Paul. After last week's victory, hopefully another victory to keep our momentum going. Tough place to go, isn't it? We've said that before. No matter whether it's ladies, men's, or, or whatever, it's a tough place to go. But yeah, they were looking to follow on that momentum now from last week and. No, they, they, they beat Hull, I think, in the Cup. Did it? Oh, Kingston Rose will be playing this weekend, or is it just Hull? Hull. It'll be another tough game, though. It'll be another tough game, there's no doubt about that. But I'm sure the ladies will be able to get the result. Yeah, look, obviously, looking at Hull, they are bottom of the bottom of the league. They've lost five, they've played five, lost five. But looking at the sort of the fixtures, sorry, the results, sorry, they lost Nara to Alton, who we lost to, uh, 16-10, and they lost Nara to Widnes, 14-10. They've had three blowout scorelines since then so it's kind of like for me it's a bit dangerous it's a bit reminds me of sort of us sort of early 2000s where we're on a bit of a rut and if we go into games and if we scored early 
we'd be like, we're going to win this. But then obviously we, we might drop off. So losing five from five, they'll be probably playing with that little bit of freedom thinking, well, you know, we've got nothing to lose here. And that's, that's dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is when expectations on you, and sometimes you're you're like a wounded animal, aren't you? When you've you're on that sort of a losing run, and you know you can play with a bit more freedom because no one expects you to to sort of get a result anyway, and you can be dangerous. So, so yeah, ladies have just got to take it professionally. I think that's all you can do. We say it all the time about taking each game as it comes and respecting your opponent, and they've just got to go there and and do the business. I always say it, and people laugh at me, but. When you when you talk about the first team, you get the same two points for beating top of the table as you get for beating bottom of the table, don't you? I mean, that's what I always use. That I mean, a win's a win. So uh, just go over there, do the business, you know, give them the respect they deserve, and uh, do a thoroughly professional job and come back down the M62 with two points. Yeah, Demi Jones limped off injured last week, but I've been informed that it's it's a very it's only a, it's a it's a dead leg, but it was a bad dead leg. So hopefully she'll be fit because she's a key part of this this side. Her and Louise Fellingham pulling the strings, uh, making the magic happen for your backs and your forwards. Dead leg sounds painful though, doesn't it? I'm sure though if you've rested that this week, keep it keep it mobile and keep it active. It should be uh, should be all right. But no, that does that does sound painful. That like it really does. So going through the wars there, but I'm sure it should be all right for Sunday. Yeah. So give us your score prediction, Paul. Obviously, we're, the men are in action, so the the pressure is on the ladies to well, the pressure is on us to to figure out you know what the score is going to be. But I'm going to say whole ten. Sobered ladies. 28. 28. There's a story behind that. I think Louise Fellingham will get a brace. Brace from Fellingham. Okay. I'm I'm thinking, you know, we, we, we've got, you know, strike power all over this team. And obviously Hull are in, in, a, in you know, really sort of bad position. Played five, lost five. And like I said before, if we score early and squeeze them, then I, I think we'll, we'll we'll come away with a big win, like we did against Hull Kingston Rovers. So I'm going to go for Hull FC 6, Salford Red Devils 48. And I'm going to go for Alex Simpson hat-trick. That's my prediction. Mm. Hopefully, it won't be like the Ken uh, the Chris Inu incident, where we're we're hoping for a for a miss kick or a or a kick to 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 get our Nando's. I don't think we've come very close to it since then. No, really. we, we seem to be miles away every week, don't we? So, uh, so yeah, I was going to say, should we do a prediction for um, for England against the combined nations? But to be got... honest with you, I haven't got a clue how that game's going to go. I've got no idea. <laughs> so. I'll let you go first. Okay. England v the Combined Nations. I think it's going to be a real tough game. I think after, after last, I think did the Combined Nations win last season? I can't remember, mate, to be honest with you. Okay. So I, I'm thinking, because obviously England need a tough sort of workout, don't they? And I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably get one. I'm going to go for England to win 26-24. And Callum Watkins to play in the second row and score. Okay. Careful about you. I'll have to back England. I think it'll be close. I was going to back the combined nations, but I'm going to back England because I should do because I'm English. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say England twenty. Hmm. Combined nations fourteen. Twenty. 14. Does this count towards Hernando's? 
Well, are we having a double rollover? It means if if we both get them both right, we have to go for two. Well, just yeah, if we get either of them right, it counts. We've got we've got it gives us a double chance this week, doesn't it? Rather than just betting on the Salford game. That's a good idea. We'll do that then. Yeah, yeah, but like don't forget Parky's not here, is he? So until we get a six ball, yeah. it's not difficult, is it? Well, Parky's not here, is he? So we deserve we deserve two chances, don't we? Because we? do. we'd it's have someone else here, wouldn't we? So. Uh, so yeah, we'll probably be miles away anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're all behind England, but if yeah. Brody Croft or Kenzie will go over a try, might do a bit of a fist bump in the air. Maybe. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we're just hoping for a good game, aren't we? Really? Of course, you want England to win, but yeah, the main thing is we we want the solver players. I mean, a bit of a selfish point of view, we want to come through without an injury, really, because oh. uh, what what you don't want is someone to get 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 thumped or something so we just hope they all come through the game unscathed and enjoy it and learn from the experience yeah and England win yeah I don't think Paul, Paul Rowley will be stood in the stands just looking just looking at like you know Sean Wayne just looking at him get him off now <laughs> yeah get yeah. Watkins off now <laughs> after 20 you know, minutes <laughs> I think it'll do the confidence a lot of good doing that you know Callum Watkins back in the England fold as well he's playing really well it'll probably spur him on even more because if you have a good game on Saturday and you know Sean Wayne says to you played really well there, you know, keep it up for your club. You're going to take that back into your club form, aren't you? So, um, World Cup's going to be massive at the end of the year, isn't it? I can't wait for that. Any player playing now, you want to be involved in that, don't you? World Cup's going to be really special, so you think it's spur you on to, to do your best you can. Do you ever watch Family Guy, the pointing monkey? Paul Rabel, like pointing him, get him off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, uh, you don't want to stress Paul Rowley, I'll yeah, on the wrong side what, of him. I'll tell you what, that's, you're getting a big white eyes. He's in your nose is in trouble. <laughs> He's not the biggest, but we're not gonna argue with him all. No, no. When he says pull, get him off, you get him off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's the end of this week's podcast. Another great show, Paul. Lots covered. You know, great chat. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to next week, you know, against Wakefield, but I'll enjoy the, the international games this weekend and good luck to the ladies and good luck to our learning disabilities team as well in the, their festival that they've got. So let's hope our sides come back with the, with victories. Yeah. And before we go, I want to say a massive thanks to the people who have donated coffees to us for our Kofi account. Curly Red and Arthur Bollard uh, this week have, have donated to, to keep us uh, sort of broadcasting. It's an amazing you know thing that you know people are willing to put their hands in the pockets to help us produce you know fantastic podcasts. Obviously, it's not free to, to create, but you know with, with, with our listeners sort of helping us you know this way, it means the world, doesn't it, Paul? Yeah, it certainly does. Thanks to Curly and thanks to Arthur as well. I hope you're enjoying the show and see you soon. So obviously, if you do want to donate a coffee to us, follow the link on our on our social media and and you know a coffee. It, it makes all the difference to us. So big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil of Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon. Ha, 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 ha.